Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping Keg Podcast, episode 462. Charlie here with you, Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, assistant producer Lily hanging out, monitoring the mean streets of Milwaukee, being on a lookout for those Kia boys. Uh, but yeah, we're doing well. We're hanging in here. We're back after a week off. Uh, we hopefully can develop a little more consistency, but we're, uh, you know, life happens. Life gets in the way. Uh, Mitch Ross, MKE, is here with me, aka Mitch. What's happening, buddy? Yeah, uh, not too much. Mitch Ross, MKE, on Twitter and Instagram. There for you those go. of you who uh, want a spare, sparingly posted Instagram account to add to your collection uh i'm i'm right in there uh, with you twitter of course uh there's uh gonna be mostly basketball tweets but i'm starting to shift to brewers and uh you know now that i've uh i guess recovered from my stepped out of my basketball grave um it's uh it's time to time to focus on the boys of summer you bet well we are going to talk about the celtics and warriors which gets started at night we're not going to necessarily break down game, rather talk about the hate watch of this. Where does it rank in terms of as a Wisconsin sports fan? Uh, we will also chat a little bit about the Brewers and why I think they're kind of underrated and what to look forward to in the month of June. And then uh, we will finish up today's show with whether the Bucks should take, if you had a choice between Johnny Davis or Justin Lewis, in terms of fit uh, for the Bucks, who would you take? Uh, whether it be in the first round with Davis or the second round with Mr. Lewis. But yes, as I mentioned, your social tapping the keg sports on Twitter or that's on Instagram tapping the keg on Twitter. All right, let's get on with it. So Celtics warriors tonight. It's not bucks warriors. We are not talking about heading down to the broad house on Thursday evening, inviting everybody there talking about how good of a time it will be looking forward to it. it. None of that is happening. Instead, it is the Boston Celtics, the team that knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks playing for a championship. In a weird twist of fate, this has happened a lot to Wisconsin sports fans in the last decade or so. As I say on this podcast a lot, it's that comes with the territory. If you win games, you're not going to win championships. It's hard, but it's been weird how many of the teams that have knocked out the Bucks, the Brewers, as well as the Packers have made it to the final destination. So in some sort of way, there are multiple years where you're wondering if this could be us. Now you can be a hardo and say you won't watch, but we all know that that's bullshit. Everyone watches. Even if maybe you won't catch a full game, you're going to tune in if Twitter is going nuts and it's the middle of the third quarter and you're going to be tuning in, no matter what, guaranteed. It's just like, even if you're not a huge hockey fan, you were probably watching Oilers and Avalanche last night. Like, just yeah. how it goes. So, I ask you, Mitch, in terms of a 1 to 10 scale, between gritting your teeth versus, you know what, I'm, I'm okay, I, I can live, being 1, where would you where would you put this in the hate watch? Uh, man. So 10 being unbearable to watch. Just 10 totally being in like, fetal position. 10 being like, I have, it has to be like this all time classic game that you know that you're going to have like FOMO if you're missing. That's the only way you're going to watch. 
and one being like, you know what? It is what it is. Life, life moves on. We are lo- already looking forward to next year. Um, probably like a, honestly, like a three. Okay. Um, because I don't know, we're now what? Almost weeks? three weeks out, three weeks out almost from, mm-hmm. from, uh, suffering our, our demise. And, you know, I've had some time to come to terms with it. Um, obviously winning last year makes it easier to, uh, oh. this year. Um, and I'm sure we, we did. I know we talked about that ad, ad nauseum in our last podcast, you know, we had the whole, the whole postmortem of the season. Um, that makes it easier, man. And I, I'm I think- much like, much like everyone else going into the series. I, I don't like if, like if, um, I knew that like Boston was a huge favorite against golden state, I'd be like, man, you know, it, it, I think that's why 19 hurt more because like, you know, well, wait, I guess those guys weren't, weren't like Durant and Thompson like banged up going into that series. Like something tells me in 2019 that like the Warriors weren't super healthy going into that series. And, and then they ended up both getting like pretty seriously hurt in the series. But right. something, something tell me like the Bucks had a really good chance to, to beat like the dynasty Warriors. And well, that would have been yeah, so, like that sure. hurt a lot more. Like, this I, one mean, is, like, I think the wheels were coming off of Golden State. I think there was a lot of drama. I think there were a ton of issues behind the scenes. So maybe it wasn't that they were banged up, but it, it didn't necessarily feel like a cohesive unit. It just felt like they got into the finals because they were the best overall players. Kind of similar to that Lakers 2014 when they played the Pistons. Very, very reminiscent of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just – if I knew the Bucks had, like, a really good ch- – like, I mean, you know, the Bucks going into Golden State for game one, I mean, that would be – brutal um oh, yeah. and, and i i you know i think boston has a chance um i hope boston has a chance you know i i think that if i just when i first looked like you know once the game was over on sunday the game seven between boston and miami it's like well whoever wins this is going to get destroyed anyway but then it's kind of like well you know let's give boston some credit i mean there's a reason that they shut us down so bad they have good defense. I, I've kind of been, oh, I hate, dare I say, excited to see that matchup um, because Golden State was amazing against Dallas offensively. It totally picked them apart. And, um, you know, I, I would I would love to see what Boston has up their sleeves um, to slow down the more perimeter-based yet, you know, constantly moving. You know, the Bucks. Let's call a spade a spade. It's a lot of Giannis and standing around. I mean, and unfortunately, that's fairly easy to defend. Kind of same thing with the Heat. However, the Heat, I feel like probably, well, I don't know. I think it's totally, totally disappeared, which, you know, he's Max Drews. He's, he's, he's an undrafted guy. You know, they didn't have shooters at all. It was basically Jimmy Butler and a little bit of Bam. And I mean, you know, Boston's gonna have their fucking work pile for him here. I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a nightmare. But you know, from what I saw in seven games against the Bucks, I mean, they have as good a shot as anybody. And, and and this probably is, probably is the best matchup for the finals. I mean, this year. 
the way the way the way everything played out. So yeah, maybe that I, helps too. I, I think that's that's true, and I I think that there is you know some sort of feeling of yeah, the Warriors are not necessarily an easy team. It's not a team where you look at and you're like, wow, we missed a win uh, a real chance here. Like if Dallas, if Dallas was in there, I think we would be all like, fuck, like this was a golden opportunity that we let slip by or even Memphis, honestly, if Memphis was in there, I think we would feel the same way. It's kind of similar to the Rams and the Bengals Super Bowl this year. I was just going to say, yeah, I I didn't want to, I didn't want to know. I didn't know if we wanted to go to football, but I I thought of it where it would have been a golden opportunity. No, it, it is because it's like the yeah, that Rams and Bengals Super Bowl. You just sat there and you're like, we already beat the Rams at Lambeau Field. We know that Matt Stafford can't fucking hang with Aaron Rodgers. There's an inferiority complex there, and there would have been, I think, if he got over the hump against San Francisco, I think there would have been a house money situation for Aaron Rodgers, and I really feel like Aaron Rodgers would have had a you know, kind of a rumspringer, if you will, and would have kind of just all of a sudden everything clicks. But maybe that's my bias brain. But yeah, I do think that there is a lot there that is like we definitely left one on the table. I don't think I can say that about the Milwaukee Bucks because number one, they would have had to get through the Miami Heat and Miami Heat have given the Bucks fits. There would have probably been no Middleton for, I don't know, at least two or three of those games, who knows. And yeah, there's just a lot more questions. And I, I agree. I'm probably with you that it's anywhere from like a three to a five. I think if let's say Boston goes on and wins in five, which I think is highly, highly unlikely. Um, then I, I think I start saying, all right, maybe this Warriors team was a touch overrated um, because, and I will say too, part of the annoyance with Boston is the media machine that's attached to it. You know, I saw Chris yeah. Herring, who Chris Herring in the past has done some good jobs, but he's had some stinky takes this playoffs. It's okay. We all have bad, bad rap playoffs, but he was the one who said the Bucks need a fourth <laughs> score, um, which was ludicrous. But all, but also, well, he okay. Goes, I mean, we you can't have everything. Nah, I know, right? It's like we already have fucking three max guys, man. Like, what, what more do you want from us? But then he included that. Well, are the Celtics like? this generation's like warriors, like they have a lot of semblance to the 2014, 2015 warriors. I'm like, what the fuck? Get fucked. Like, come on, man. I also saw somebody and maybe I dreamt this or maybe I, someone I swear to God said like, Oh, this is kind of like the 91 finals with the bulls and the Lakers where like Jordan kind of, it was the transition of power and all this stuff. I'm like, Get like shut the fuck up. Like that part I won't be able to deal with. And if Boston well, goes yeah. that part, that's when we start cranking this up where I'm like, all right, now this is gonna be I mean it, it'll fuel the Bucks fire for sure, because I do think the Rams winning the Super Bowl, I think will add a little bit of fire to the Packers season too. But I, I have to think that there's going to be a lot of people where there's gonna have some regrettable takes if Boston Celtics do in fact win this series. Well, yeah, I mean, if that's what's going to be annoying the most is if Tatum Tatum gets this done, then it's going to be this fucking summer of Tatum. It's his yep. league, yada yada yada. He beat Giannis, and Twitter's going to be insufferable at times. 
Although, um, although really quick to interrupt you, if Tatum does win MVP, uh, on part of my take, John Sally made a bet with Billy Football that he have to go vegan for a month if Tatum wins MVP. Sally is a staunch vegan, which I had no idea. Um, like very hardcore <laughs> vegan, and Billy is a meathead. And so he has to go go vegan, which is funny. I mean, that's good content that'll keep me going through the summer. I can I can take Tatum's MVP just to have good, funny content to laugh at. Well, good for you. But I will be over here, you know, sitting in my sitting on my couch, just fuming, just in the dark, much. in the dark, yeah. just just sitting it's, there, just brooding in your in your rocking chair. Not that any of us have done that when they're drunk. Uh, in their lifetime i don't know um but yeah it's i mean it's not gonna be great it's gonna be very annoying i mean i guess the good news is the patriots are gonna suck so it's not like this gonna be this boston like dynasty run here and the red Sox are mediocre so at least we have that and but we'll probably we're all going to boston for a bachelor party we'll probably be as chirpy as hell i mean then we have God, nothing to chirp i didn't think at. about that if if they actually if they actually win it and we have to go there and yeah, I gotta like, see that shit for a weekend. Like, they'll be like, what the fuck you talking about? You know, I mean, it'll be far in advance. That's my weak Boston accent. I really, I really can only do the, so you think you're better than me uh, from the town, but yeah, there yeah. is, uh, there's definitely some issue there. Um, so yeah, that yeah. could be, that could be a, even that adds to it. So maybe this is not necessarily a hate watch, but this is, Hey, Golden State, can we just keep the keep the dynasty rolling and not necessarily have have us have to deal with this uh, in in the near future? I like. I also don't really like gold. I don't know. I mean, lesser of two evils for sure. I just I'm kind of sick of Golden State too. Um, overall, just how long of a run they've had. Um, I don't know if there's another sport comparison, but six out of eight championship rounds is pretty excessive and um you know but i mean i've you know some thoughts on golden state too where it's like everybody's sucking their dick about how and and they are a very well-run organization however when you tank essentially for two years and you know that's what the bucks really need frankly i mean we had a discussion i think last podcast where it's like um well think about it look at the spurs no i know fucking david robinson he gets hurt they get the number one pick they get, you know, his his predecessor, you know, somebody who's better than him. Their parents uh, and in 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 one draft, and that's all yep. it takes. Look at Not, Golden State now. Now Wiseman hasn't really panned out, but no. you've got Kaminga and Moody that it looks like are going to be fine. Who knows with Wiseman? I mean, there's no rush for them because uh, they're, I mean, they're going to be a they're, they're going to be a great team. Regardless. Honest to God, if I was if I was OKC or Houston. I'd be putting together a trade package for Wiseman. Why the fuck not? Why wouldn't oh, okay. you? At this so then point? there you go. Now Golden right. Golden State gets 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 more embarrassment or riches. Like they also fucking suckered Minnesota into getting a lottery pick for D'Angelo yeah. Russell. That right. grinds my gears. Right. Um, I mean, it's they have done a very good job in terms of building their roster. In a lot of ways, they have it, they have way more success than the Dodgers, but it's a similar feeling to watching the Dodgers. Now, granted, they pay for a lot of theirs, but, like, they have Edwin yeah. Rios, they have Gavin Lux, and it's like, well, right. what the fuck? Like, well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic big market in baseball where you can 
oh, yeah. you can suck for a while, um, like the Cubs or the Astros, and then, you know, add major free agents around those guys. Or, I mean, you know, like the Dodgers, they haven't sucked, but they draft well. You know, they, they make some shrewd moves here and there, and yep. like Max Muncy and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they're able to, to continue. But like when you said that, you told me that Chris Herring take about the Bucks need a fourth scorer. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, we, I guess my initial thought, the only way that's possible is if we actually draft someone that, that can contribute a la Jordan Poole, right. um, in the later, later the first round, because, you know, eventually, I mean, the Bucks don't have a fourth scorer because they haven't had a fucking draft pick in three years. I know. And, and you've um, been, and you've been banging on the table and that, which I think recently, which I think is, go, is a correct. good bang on the table of like, Hey guys, like at some point you need to draft and develop. Like it's obnoxious probably for more pro bucks, more pro brew or yeah, more pro pro bucks is like, look at the fucking Packers. Like, I know that's obnoxious to say, but it's like every four or five years, it's like, all right, we're giving new guys contracts and we're figuring it out. And it's like, it doesn't stop. And then when that guy gets to a third contract, unless he's a unicorn, we're not giving it to him because we'll deal with that because we know we have guys in the pipeline. That's well, and, and on top, on top of not having really having any picks the last few years, I mean, the last three draft, I mean, I hate to do this, but I mean, outside of Giannis, name your favorite Bucks draft pick of the last 15 years. I mean, Damian they're Nicholas. all the garbage. Um, yeah, okay. no, you're right. Yeah. You're in terms right. of production and talent, I mean, well, you can like whoever you want, but. And, and I mean, the frustrating Don, thing. Don was a bust. Yeah. DJ Wilson is damn near out of the league if he's not yeah, already. DJ is about um, playing in China at this point. Um, I mean, and and the fr- Vincenzo is probably going to rot away in Sacramento. I mean, I hate saying it, but the frustrating yeah, thing too. The, the frustrating thing too is if you look at the guys like Poole who got drafted in the late first round, you or a second, I think it was the second round, Desmond Bain, right? Like, I mean, come on, come on, like imagine how good the Bucks would be with Desmond Bain on their roster. Are you kidding me? Like oh, Io, I mean, Io would, was a fit right in there. But if you had Io backing up, you know, Drew Holiday instead of George Hill's corpse, like okay. Yeah. Like I mean uh, so Poole was the twenty eighth pick, I mean, in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So I mean his late first. It it, it is possible. Me Butler was like the thirtieth or twenty eighth yep. pick. So I mean, it is possible. It's rare. And I mean, you can dig guys out of the second round too, but you know, Jordan Nora had a very disappointing year. Um, yeah, their development of Jordan Nora has been odd, to say the least. They have not done a good job with that. And I don't know who that falls on there. I don't know if that's well, Bunnelzer. I don't know if it's one of their staff members. Probably. I mean, but, probably. I was just thinking, like, look at look at Golden State uh, in uh, game four against Dallas. They started Kaminga. Yeah, like, they did that and played, like, they basically punted that game. If in in a way, because they played a lot of the young guys, I I like the, I was watching that game thinking like, is Draymond suspended? Like I think I turned it on a little late, you know, maybe late first or something when he was probably on the bench. And finally, he came back in when they were, you know, Golden State gave up like a huge run, like late first, early second in that game four in Dallas. The game was almost over at that point. Dallas was up right. by like twenty, and they kind of ran away, ran away and hid with it. But it was just like I thought to myself like. That's not a lot of coaches would put those guys out there in a playoff game, in a closeout game. Um, 
But of course, you knew you're coming back to Golden State. You're up 3-0. Uh, the odds of yeah. the odds of anything happening is pretty right. safe, but probably a smart a smart time to do it. Yeah, so. no question. No question. So we'll see. I mean, we'll talk a little draft later. I mean, so yeah, it's a it's a light hate watch. You said the Raptors one or the Raptors Warriors one was worse. I don't know. I just think the Bucks weren't ready. I mean, it was annoying all the Malik Andrews stuff that comes out right after, but. Yeah, I knew the Bucks were it just, ready. It was it was more fresh too because we were we had just absolutely blown the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it it just was. I don't. I'm not sure I watched any of those games in that in that finals. I I think I think I did because I, I remember Durant watching Durant get hurt and watching I, the fans cheer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely watched that, that part. Yeah. But I think I, I turned it off when that happened. I, I was done there. Yeah, I, I did not watch much of that. The other one I had for the Bucks for my hate watch. So we'll put that. That's a five or six. We'll rank that a little higher. Sixers-Lakers in 2001. I mean, the Lakers were so fucking good that year. The Lakers lost one game all playoffs. They were 15-1 and one, or 16-1. and one. Like True. That, that I know, like, David Stern stole that series from the Bucks. But I can't, in my heart of hearts, be like, oh, yeah, that Bucks team would have gave the Lakers a real challenge. They had no one to guard Shaq. Ir- they, However, had Irvin tra- they had Tra They had Tragic Johnson. Like, the other Irvin also, Johnson. The, the Bucks were 2-0 and against the Lakers that year. Oh, look at – Look at Mitchie's stats coming out. Yeah, you, you never know. You didn't man. know that. You didn't know that. Oh my no, god! I, Everybody I, knows that. I probably. I mean, I probably did know it. I just, you know, it slipped my mind. It. it, it however. Um, however. Regular season is different than playoffs. I will say that, sure. and I, and I'm, and I'm sure it was back then. As much as people don't yeah. want to admit it. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, people are saying that about hockey too. That like right that currently like the regular season is different than the playoffs. It's like I guess I don't watch enough hockey, but I'm pretty sure those guys. Yeah, that's not a sport you can kind of you know fuck around with. But well, we'll have our we'll have our, ex- off. we'll have our expert in town this Saturday, so we'll have to ask him then, um, and we'll we'll see if we can get we can get a good idea on that one. Um, yeah. As for the Brewers, I actually think have two ones that are just like, I think about it and it's painful. Like you mentioned, you didn't watch much of that um, Raptors uh, Warriors series. I don't think I watched any of the Dodgers Red Sox series. I can vaguely, I think I just was like, I'm out. Like I am just fucking out. I remember they go into the 17th inning. I was at a birthday party for our guy, Shake and I was in like a nightclub. I think it was at 720. And I'm like looking at my phone and I'm like, they're in the fucking like 15th inning. I think I might've got home right as the game like had ended. I got home from the bars and I think the game actually was still going on. And I like tried to watch it, but I was like, obviously hammered. So I just fell asleep. But yeah, that's like the only thing I kind of remember from that, that series. And like, I was like, no part of me wanted to touch that series. I had no, I had no like wanting to watch that at all. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch it because I guess, the Brewers, that game seven against the Dodgers sucked. And, oh, the Chris um, Taylor catch, man. It's, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's the, it's either the Chris Taylor catch or the Yaziel Pleague home run. I mean, whichever way you want to call it, it those are the two plays off that of, you'll, uh, off of, off of Jeffress, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, so, I haven't really, I've never, I, I should probably do that. That might be a good, like, 
middle of the summer pod is just to revisit that series. Like I've not ever really done that, um, but call it like the heartbreak files or something and just go through each of them. Like, I don't, I'm very masochist of me to do this, but you know, you have to understand your pain before you can get your triumph. Uh, but the other Brewer one is the Cardinals and the Rangers in 2011. Now that series, I ended up watching um, intently. Like I, I will probably say game six of that series was maybe the best baseball game I've watched in my life. Like I mean, from like a casual observer, it was just an incredible baseball game. I remember a girl I was kind of seeing at the time was not more than my wife, shockingly, um, was like trying to get me out to go out that night. And I was like, nope, I'm not not doing it. Like it was one of those games, man, you could not leave your couch. And I feel like that series was good, but I was very upset when the Cardinals won uh, the World Series. I got quite drunk that night. I definitely did not watch that one. That one was probably even tougher than the than the 2018 for me because um, you had the whole like Prince Fielder kind of the mm-hmm. uncertainty going forward with the Brewers like that was that was the year um pretty sure I cried like the next day I cried I, I cried in the sta- I cried in the stadium I was at Miller Park for that game so, so was um, I. Uh, yeah I was I had my hood like I was wearing like a zip-up hoodie I had my hood zipped all the way up I had my head down I was bitching at Shackner, who I went with my buddy, and I was like, we got kind of mad at each other. Like we are, like hearts were just all over. To watch the Cardinals celebrate at Miller Park is you're right, like that's way up there. Like that, that I think is the only thing I could maybe compare to seeing what I did at Lambeau Field this year. Like it's right in that same echelon, and that is a top tier of, of like heartbreak and just like wanting to just crush your soul and have your soul leave your body. I mean, that would, that would almost be like the Vikings beating the Packers at Lambeau to go to the Oh Super God. Bowl. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I, I know. I know we're talking, we're talking fantasy stuff here. But, I think, I think um, honestly the Vikings would be worse just given the history of the two teams. Like the Vikings went into Lambeau. I Murph, if Murph's listening to this and he's on a plane, like it's okay. Like you can do some breathing. It's not going to happen. But um, no, seriously, that would be terrible. I think you're right. Not uh, to not, not to revisit any any terrible things, but I can the only one I can think of wasn't the Randy Moss mooning the crowd game. Wasn't that a playoff game? It was, but that team wasn't that good. That was a that was a wild card team that that or wild card game that that one. Mike Sherman coached, I believe that that didn't matter too much. And they, at the end, yeah, not, it was probably like in eighth grade when that game yeah. happened. Uh, I, I think we're a little older. Um, I think it was in high school because I remember where I was when that happened. And I remember my friends laughing that Randy Moss moved in the crowd. I think I was pretty pissed off. Normal, normal chalk. Now I just I don't care. We mentioned Rams, Bengals from this year for the Packers. Bucks, Chiefs stunk when we realized how bad the Chiefs were. I think at the time we were like, okay, the Chiefs are this dominant team and like they're very good. And then it's like, oh, the Chiefs don't have an offensive line and the Packers, if they had just been able to block Jason Pierre Paul and the Tampa Bay front seven, we would have won the Super Bowl. And so it was like it was kind of the as we talk about with Boston, where if, like Boston comes through and wins in five, we're gonna be like, fuck, this was right there. That's kind of how the Chiefs thing was. We we all expected it to be a good game, and then the Buccaneers blew the doors off Kansas City. Yeah, because the Chiefs couldn't couldn't block Tampa's pass rush. No. Um yeah, you know, 
sure. I guess like the Packer ones aren't really gonna necessarily uh, resonate to my core like like the other ones. No, I know. But, well, I can, um, I I mean I'm, the Seahawks Patriots one. The Seahawks Patriots one. So here's the thing: in the the other four that I've listed, the Patriots are involved on the other end. It was Seahawks Patriots in 2014. It was Giants Patriots in 11. Giants Patriots in 2007. And Eagles Patriots in 2003. Now, first of all, yeah. in three of those, the Packers would have been underdogs. And one in 2011, the Packers probably are favored, but that team was so smoke and mirrors, man. Like that defense sucked. It sucked all year. And so I guess in a weird way, it probably was a better thing to just get beat in the second round so you didn't get embarrassed later on and have just your, your kind of on full display here. So I don't know. So you've, you've talked yourself into a 15 and one team, not being very good. And like, cause I, w- I was going to say that um, like no, that, that I, one I, to me, just like that one to me is rough because granted they just won the Super Bowl the year before, but it, I mean, they should not have lost to the giants. I, I'm not saying I mean, that, they, that was, yeah, that's, that was nearly as bad as this one this year against the Niners. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying they were, I'm not saying they were bad. I'm just saying they did not have a Super Bowl defense. The defense was a step back, like three steps back from what the 2010 defense was. And that was the part of it where I was like, all right, this wasn't a Super Bowl defense. But yes, there is an annoyance of that one for sure. That Patriots team was just okay. Again, the Giants kind of had their number and were able to beat them twice. I mean, the undefeated season, that's a crazy one when you think about it in 20, 2007 because if they get there, does Favre retire? And do we even do the Favre Vikings thing, you know? Is it – does he just ride off in the sunset? I don't know. I think it would be naive. Probably not. Probably, yeah, right. It's probably Favre. He loves, no one loves attention more. But the Seahawks won – after the Seahawks got just brutal, had a brutal loss. And I think I was, we were podcasting that. And I think I said, I mean, I don't remember, but I would, if I, you know, got on the mic that night, I'd be like, all right, I would take, I almost would take the collapse then having Mike McCarthy screw up a goal line call with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers lose at the goal line. Losing at the goal line for a Super Bowl, I don't know if the Seahawks ever covered. If you think about that, Seahawks have not gotten to the Super Bowl since. They really haven't had a team that I would say matched that 2015 team. Like, it kind of, like, wrecked their franchise. A little similar, not like, maybe that wrecked is a little strong, but it kind of really altered their franchise. Similarly with the 28-3 with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I I think there's um a little more context around that but um it sure sure sounds good um what do you, I what do you mean because, well, no, what do you mean what do you well, mean by that I, like well like didn't the seahawks finally have to pay russell wilson and finally the, the Bills oh, yeah. came do a little bit on their yeah. on their legion of boom defense where they could they just had a fucking loaded defense for you know yeah. basically that, that that run there and then it just sort of conveniently you know they haven't been back because they had to give russell wilson his his money and um they could, you know, piece by piece and year by year, they lost more and more, you know, more and more guys from that amazing defense that they had for all those years. 
Well, and, you know, and, that's part of the reason why. And the Seahawks were the model of, okay, have a rookie rookie contract quarterback and just load up on defense. Now, uh, not to get it too derailed, I think the Packers are doing the opposite right now, um, which we'll see if that works. I think it's an interesting interesting swing for sure. Um, yep. But uh, anyway, I don't know what you think about that. I don't know if no, I, I, I think that you're right. You're right that Seattle started the model. I'm not, I don't disagree there. You're right. There was part of that where you had to kind of, it came due. Those guys got older. The Seahawks did get to the Super Bowl, but I, or not Super Bowl, excuse me, the playoffs. But I think part of the problem too was Pete Carroll got old and no one's told Pete to leave. Like Pete Carroll has, yeah. has been a bad coach for like two years and no one seems to care. I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, um, but I'll, I'll continue to have Seattle be bad. That's fine. That, that's no skin off my ass. I'm a, I'm totally well, okay with that. Seattle's probably a four win team right now. So I don't think we have to worry about them. Well, yeah, I don't, under, uh, I don't really understand why you don't just trade for Baker Mayfield, but that's, we're not a Seahawks pod. So it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyways. Moving on to uh, – that was fun. That was a good exercise. I like that. Uh, moving on yeah. to the Milwaukee Brewers. I was going to talk to you about just, like, things to look for for May or July, June. Shit, what month is it? Uh, I was going to say just be like, all right, yeah, what are we looking forward to this month? Like, What do we have our eye on? And then I was tweeting out today that the Brewers have played 52 games this season. All right? That is the second most in all of baseball, behind one behind the Oakland Athletics. And then, or it's 51, excuse me. And the Oakland Athletics have 52. And then my guy Dan Mach mentioned 31 of those have been on the road. So Brewers have played 60% of their games so far on the road this season. And I'm yeah. like, and there are 13 games over 500. They are currently winning right now, three to two as we tape. Like, is yeah, this the, team – is the, oh, go ahead. I'd say they have the best franchise start in the first 50 games yeah. in team history. Is this team a little um, – is this team underrated, Mitch? Like, are, are we sure that people aren't realizing what's happening here? And, like, if you really look at this at a wider scope, are we sure we're not witnessing something maybe even a little more special than what we have the last few years? You know, I mean – when you threw the topic out to me, I was kind of thinking how I wanted to approach this, but I, I guess I, I haven't, uh, I can't, I can't decide <laughs> because of course they're underrated because it's Milwaukee. That's the easy answer. Um, uh, you know, the Yankees and Mets and Dodgers being good is going to bury everything oh, yeah. uh, around it. I mean, that's, that's those are the only two cities in the world. Um, as far as ESPN is concerned or whoever, I mean, underrated in terms of like nationally or like do, um, like do Burr fans not realize I think how good we are? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think nationally for sure. I, I mean, I don't like to do the, we don't have any respect because I feel like it's overdone at this point, but I, I think, you know, fans, I think understand the Brewers are good and you can complain yeah. and you can be mad about yesterday like this team's fucking yeah i mean shit. i i think that i think that uh the series win in san diego did a lot for me just because san diego is is pretty much legit so far um yep. now they were good they were good last year and fell apart after the all-star break but 
um, you know, they're still a loaded team and to win two out of three there, I think did quite a bit for me in terms of, you know, okay, you know, this team team's good. I mean, you'd still like to see a little bit more consistency from some of the guys, but I mean, they're also, you know, they're, 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 they're banged up. I mean, they're, they're completely right. not depleted, but you know, if you took, I think Kurt Hogue was on the, uh, was on the big show today and he pointed out like, if you took, um, he didn't say it exactly, but uh, so I'll paraphrase it. But if you took like the f- top five Brewers players, like three of them are, are hurt right now, you know? Ah. Um, and so for them to continue to, to win, I mean, they're playing the Cubs who are kind of a disaster, but um, you know, it, they're looking at what a seven and four road trip. Yeah. Um, if they hold, probably, even, if they, which, even if they lose tonight and it's six and five, like, that's it's annoying they lose the last two, but at the same time, a six and five road trip is above 500. You'll take that every day of the week. And right. they and they're 14 and six at home, and they have a 39 plus 39 in run differential with all these road games. It's like, man, I don't, and I'll just there's a lot here where I look at it and I'm like, what's what's stopping this team now? I think when it comes to what do I look at in the month of June, I think that Met series in the middle of the month is going to tell us a lot. Like that is the series of the month because it, it's in New York. I think the Brewers are again on a significant road trip, which is not they're They're used to it by now. So I'm not really worried, I, but I don't think it's as intense. If I recall, I'm pulling it up right now, but that series is massive. Because not only well, does it give you a barometer, but it also could be deciding playoff positioning later in September. True. And speaking of September, I mean, you just got to keep in the back of your mind. The Brewers then play like 24 out of 30 games in September at home, you know, or whatever it is. But it's like a, a ton of their home games are at home in the last month of the season. So mm-hmm. they're going to have that. And like the other thing, too, is, you know, the Brewers played so well last year and took their foot off the gas in September. Um, so maybe, you know, it wouldn't be such a bad thing to, to, to kind of hang around with the pack. I mean, you'd rather, of course you'd rather win the games, but I mean, maybe, you know, put a, put a earmark on this, on this podcast and, you know, remember me, think of me when I, uh, <laughs> when the Brewers are uh, clinging, you know, the card, because the Cardinals I think are better than they were last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're improved. The Cardinals are are Cardinals thing. They are going to hang around. They're going to swept, swept gonna the make Padres you, this gonna... week. Um, yeah, so, yeah I mean, exactly. Uh, you know, it's like they're game, they're you know going to and they play the Cubs this weekend. Brewers play the Padres, and so it's going. And the Padres are going to be hungry for a win. You know, they don't want to lose more games behind the Dodgers. Thankfully for them, the Dodgers have lost two straight to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it's, it's just stupid baseball, right? And, and the other thing about the month of June is the Brewers have – they're playing a lot of high-quality teams. San Diego for four. Philadelphia, I realize, is down on their luck, but they still have guys who can mash. And it's – yeah, Miller Park's a bandbox, right? Like, it's not necessarily a stadium that lets balls just stay in the yard. Washington and Cincinnati are easy, but then, yeah, you have New York as mentioned. You have another four with St. Louis, this time at home. You have Toronto, who's starting to play better baseball. 
You have Tampa Bay. Like, those are all good teams, and that's pretty much their month. So the, really the only teams that are slouches in that month are Washington and Cincinnati, which are both on the road, and Pittsburgh, which is also on the road. So it's a good – I will also say that it's a good, good month to get out to the ballpark. Like, it's definitely a yeah. month where you should try to make it out to at least a couple of games. Like, I know – I think I'm home that weekend at the Toronto series. I think that might be one I might, might try to get to just to see Vlad Guerrero and uh, Bo Bichette in person. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Saturday afternoon game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know me. Yeah, you, me and you. Nothing do you and I love more than a three ten Brewer Saturday. Cause it's perfect. Oh, that'd be. And we, that'd be we've, great. Ta- we've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but like the three ten game, we have a few beers. You go, you get the Jack Shuttle. You you have some beers at the game. Make sure you're not in a sunny spot, so you avoid the sun, and then you just get ripped up at night. It'll also be Summerfest, so I, I actually think tickets might be pretty easy to get. I would imagine there might be some uh, Canadian friends who come down for it just because it's, you know, it's an easy trip, right? It's not not too hard. I think some people could drive if they wanted to. Um, so, yeah, we'll Probably see. Probably like I, an eight-hour eight drive. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We're, we're going down to uh, Milwaukee to watch the Jays. Uh, the Cream City, oh. they call it. When would Toronto have been here last? Would it have been eight years oh, ago? Oh God! Uh, I think Is they, that how it with works? The, the interleague. The interleague they do like the home and home, so it's like it's probably been sixteen. I'm gonna pull it up here for no, you, but it might so be. It, it, it would have been then probably four years ago, but maybe I don't know because I, I remember when I worked at Fanfare in the Grand Avenue Mall. For some reason, there being some dudes from Toronto that came through, and I don't remember. This, so this would have been like 2014 which would have been eight years ago. So I'm just trying to think if maybe that's why, but um, yeah, I just remember they came, came into the store to check it out. And that's where I got the term completely soaked or we were <laughs> soaked. That, that's where I got that from meaning drunk. So uh, that's, that's where I got that from Toronto, that's, Toronto that's guys. That's good, man. Um, I mean, yeah, the only problem with Blue Jays fans is they're also Raptors fans. That's kind of the, it's kind of the drawback. That's the rub there. Um, but we, we soldier on. But, yeah, it should be a fun month. You know, hopefully the Brewers get guys back. I saw Adamas, you know, had a quad bruise um, after in his rehab assignment, which isn't great. So who knows when Willie will be yeah. gracing us uh, with his presence. And, yeah, I know Renfro took some swings today, so that's good. And, yeah, hopefully the Woodruff ankle injury isn't too serious as well and they can kind of just continue to move along seems like we're I'm not watching but it seems like Costanza is doing okay not not a bat like you know he's hanging in there it's, you know first yeah. starts definitely tough and, well I would but, say not to not to uh be that guy but I actually have the hockey game on and I I, I mean just to do 30 seconds on hockey uh the Rangers have three goals on Vasilevsky um early in the second period I stand corrected uh I thought he would shut them down, but yeah, he's um, been bad against them. He's been bad against him this year. Like his goals on average is like, well, he's over three this year against the Rangers. And like, he's given up about three goals a game. So they might have, uh, I mean, like if, if the Rangers win the cup, let's just say, yeah, ESPN's going to have to find like a, a hockey Stephen A. Smith or something. I mean, he's, they're just going to have to find 
just um they're gonna ask Barry, they're gonna ask Barry Melrose like hey can you like dial it up for us a little bit can you <laughs> yeah. just dial it can you just dial it up like Barry's still in the bag at nine o'clock like he's like can I at least get a Bloody Mary before I before I start <laughs> like I love Barry Melrose but dude's booze back like let's just call it for what it is um like they yeah. don't they don't have like like at ESPN, you have like Stephen A. They Smith, might hire who, Biz. You know, they might just hire Biz. Like call Biz and at, like get him hot. Like well, they might just. I guess he's got he's got potential for sure. Yeah. But like hockey's so stuffy and, um, frankly white. That I mean, it, it's yeah. tough to find somebody with that type of personality that you can just that you can just throw on there. Right. But no. you know, no, you I... know, the, the 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 Rangers media mafia. Is, is going to start really picking up here. Oh, yeah. You have to feel bad for Islanders fans, right? So the Islanders go to – now this is game one, and who knows, and I'm talking way out of my ass. But the Islanders go mm-hmm. to the Eastern Conference Finals last two years, and they they lose to the Lightning. They're supposed to be this – this is kind of supposed to be their moment. And they don't make the playoffs this year. They out of nowhere fire Barry Trotz, who I was actually talking to someone who played in the NHL was like, Barry's one of the nicest guys ever. And like, that's such an awful move by, by the Islanders. And now they're rivals. The True, Rangers. but it's hockey coaches. Oh, I know. Hockey I know, coaches I know, get fired every it's year like, and a half. It's like soccer. It's like soccer. Yeah, I know. And it's, and then the Rangers who are just kind of starting their ascend now are, you know, they're up on the the two time champs, the Lightning. So we'll see, we'll see, man. It'll. Uh, you're right. ESPN will have to do it, or you know what they'll fucking do? They'll be like, "Is this the summer in New York? Is New York sports back because of the Yankees and the Mets?" <laughs> and a Mad Dog on more. It'll just be. It'll it'll be hell. And then have like, <laughs> and then I guarantee you. Okay, I'll add on to this. I'll I'll keep this going. If the Rangers do that, Knicks and Mets are good. I will. Guarantee Charles Barkley style that the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell. I will lock it in. Mark this podcast. Oh, yeah. That will happen. Going will have to do something. Oh yeah. Well, he owns the Rangers too, which is weird. And he like he doesn't really get involved. Like he meddled in a little something. I think he had some. You know, he got rid of a coach. Say whatever. But it's again, yeah. This is more hockey talk than. We've done it a while, but I was going to mention to you, I, I'd almost had a hockey topic. Not really, but something loaded up. And, I, you know, it's it's crazy how, like, just putting it on ESPN and TNT, how much more exposure it gets just in the national landscape. Now, granted, these games have been a lot of fun, but it's like people actually give a shit. And I just – I couldn't yeah. remember when no one cared. Like, no one cared when it was on NBC. It's just yeah, ESPN's I mean, it was- – Another beast, man. It, it is. And, like, the TNT thing helps to kind of take place. Um, you know, it has a lot of the same NBC guys. So, like, you know, I think with ESPN, you have, like, the hockey theme music back, which, like, is one of the better theme theme musics of of our lifetimes, I think. I mean, I'd, I'd put it right up there with NBA and NBC. Um, but the ESPN Hockey Night or whatever theme song is awesome. So I get to hear that. And I think, too, like, it, it just kind of – it mixes in with the basketball pretty nicely where it's just every other night, you know, you know, you know, there's going to be a game on of some kind. Like, I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't watch hockey uh, tonight with the Warriors and, and Celtics starting, but I knew the last couple of nights I could watch some hockey 
um, along with the brewers and whatever. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it's certainly much more accessible now. I, I don't think it was difficult to find NBC Sportsnet if you really wanted to, but I just think that the the ESPN brand uh, is, you know, still fairly strong. You know, say say what you want about it, but um, you know, yeah, very good point. I mean, it, it it's um, it seems more uh, more visible for sure in the sports landscape than than it has in quite some time. And, um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that that goes with the ESPN brand and, um, you know, I don't know, hockey, the lightning are, could make their what third straight Stanley cup. So yeah. miss me, miss me with this fucking parody stuff. Yeah, that's true. Well, the I model look for- of parody, the, the sport of hockey, you know, eight seeds making the, the cup and shit like that I lo- anymore. I look forward to getting on the, uh, avalanche, uh, bandwagon for, our guy uh pat on on saturday uh, night um so i could that... never i could never <laughs> well i don't know if you know that about me but i i tend to root root against teams that my friends like um well that's lot, why unless they're that's, my team that's that's why we told like you're you're this is why this podcast is great because when i start getting so excited about the packers or the brewers you're like eh, you cheer for the brewers but the packers like you're like okay slow it down like, let's take it easy. Like, yeah, that's great. I love it. I mean, hey, man, you, you, if you got a troll, you got a troll. Like, if I have a friend who, like our friend Patchy, who likes the Avalanche, like, I, they don't do anything for me. Like, why Why would I, you know, or like Lord Sites with Chelsea football. It's like, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, like, and like I got to root against them. They're like the Blackhawks. Like, I don't want to, you know these people around here, it's not nearly what it was, but you know, Oh, there's no other team closer. Like, would you ever root for another Chicago team? No. Like in hockey, find a random team. That's fine. Um, you know, that's the one time you, that's the one time where you get to sort of think outside the box without, without being judged. Like, I mean, find a random team. Why would you pick Chicago or it should even, I mean, Minnesota to me is less insufferable than the Blackhawks. So I mean, go for it, but. I well, mean, I will say, I will say we, so speaking of the Blackhawks, so the topic I was going to do, we're kind of doing it right now. is like, do you ever have like a team you regrettably cheered for? And mine was the Blackhawks. Like in high school or college, I was, I liked the Blackhawks. I was on the Blackhawks bandwagon. Like I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that Chicago team for a couple of years. Like I was kind of, I was kind of like, I would just leap on bandwagons. Like how I would do with, with hockey was if a team was good, I would just kind of choose and I'd be like, all right, whatever. I'm supporting this team. And I would just every year be different. Like I think one year I was cheering for the Kings. I think I was Blackhawks for a couple of years. I wrote a, a thing and I think it was Chuck's corner. I don't think tapping the keg or uh, snow tap existed. It might've been early snow tap, but it was like, why it's okay for Milwaukee residents to cheer for the Blackhawks. It was a bad take. I'll admit it. Like Chicago, just there's something there where it's like, yeah, fuck those guys. And especially because Nashville is one of their rivals and Nashville has a bunch of guys who played for the Admirals, you know, and and if you're going to, you're going to cheer for a team in the NHL and you're going to want to tie it back to Milwaukee, it should be Nashville. It shouldn't be Chicago. Now they're going to finally play an exhibition game here um, in October, which is great. I think that's perfect. And there'll be a ton of Blackhawks fans. It'll be obnoxious. It'll suck. But 
that that's good. That should they should do that shit like that. And yeah, I regret oh. that. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have cheered for the Blackhawks. That was uh, it's a mistake. Hand up. And with that, four two Rangers, and that'll conclude our uh, our hockey talk. <laughs> that that is talking hockey. Uh, brought to you by, um, I don't know. Brought brought oh. you by Goal Line. Brought to you by Goal Line. Uh, get your finest hockey gear up in uh, Central Wausau. Uh, promo code tapping uh, to get ten percent off. <laughs> Go line golf and hockey shop. You damn right. I, we should start doing this. We should start ad, just fake attitudes where we can. I like it. All right. So this podcast went off the rails really hard with hockey. Um, but our last thought was going to be about the NBA draft. Justin Lewis made it official. I don't think anyone was doubting that Justin Lewis wouldn't go pro. He will be a member of the NBA community. He'll likely go in the second round, but it's been varied. I think he's sort of – there's a lot of volatility on what people see in Justin Lewis. Um, definitely get drafted. And Giant Davis will too. And it's not always the case that you have a Wisconsin athlete and a Marquette athlete that's drafted. Now, some people think Giant Davis can slip. I don't really see it that way. I think he's going to get drafted well before the Bucks are drafting. But if the Bucks get a chance at either of these guys, Mitch, as the unbiased of the two of us – who would you rather have and who do you think fits better with what the Bucs want to do in the near future, Johnny Davis or Justin Lewis? Uh, tougher question, I guess, than, than it seems, but probably Johnny Davis just because I think he's a better player. I think he's uh, a, a guard, you know, a, a good-sized guard, decent handle, decent shot. Probably doesn't do anything, like, great on offense. But, you know, is good enough, I think, because, you know, kind of a three-level scorer. But also, I think his defensive potential is uh, why why he's looking at getting drafted so high, as high as he is. I mean, even even my dad over the weekend when I was up there was like, Johnny Davis, he ain't no damn good. You know, he did that whole thing that a lot, that a lot, of, a lot of Badger fans did when they lost. It was like, oh, Johnny Davis, he's all right, but he's no Dwayne Wade or anything like that. And it's like, um, yeah. So, I mean, his defensive potential, I think is why he's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Um, but, you know, Lewis, I mean, probably is one of those guys that if he does turn out to be something, I mean, he, he he's probably better suited for the, for the NBA than, than college, just because I think he's kind of that, six, seven, you know, kind of big long wingspan type guy, you know, defensive potential probably needs a lot of work on the shot. If I'm not mistaken, Charlie, as a, as a resident uh, Marquette guy. It got better this year. I think actually it was all right from three, but yeah, I mean, it was inconsistent. Let's just put it that way. But he's also, I think got just with kind of like, I feel like that, Kind of that six 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 seven long oh, yeah. three and D wing guy is very sexy right now. Um, you know, EJ Liddell is another one that you know a guy that can that can is very switchy, as they say. Um, you know, Lewis, I think has potential there, and like I said, probably is a guy that could flourish with um, NBA spacing and. Stuff like that. Like I, I, Lewis, I think can get to the hole pretty well. 
Um, oh yeah, he's great. But, I mean, he's awesome. He, I actually think he didn't do enough in the post. Like, I think that he could have done even more in terms of what he did from a much, post perspective. Too much um, settling. Yeah, a little bit here and there. Um, but here's the thing: I would probably take Davis too. And I know that might shock people and Marquette fans might ostracize me, but I'm thinking about this as a Bucks fan, not thinking about this as a Marquette fan, not thinking about this as someone who doesn't really like the Badgers. Giant Davis is probably ready to play tomorrow. Giant Davis could be a guy that you could put in your rotation to, to what you say about defense. And you just say, all right, you kind of are our Javon Carter, a taller version of Javon Carter. That's just pesky that you're just kind of getting in guys' grills, you're frustrating them, and you're using your speed and athleticism to maybe do runouts, working, you know, with in tandem with Drew Holiday. Like, yeah, the three-point shot is a little bit of an issue. It's not great from there. But at the same time, that's going to come. Like, I think you'll take you'll take his slashing and his defense and know that you can work on a three-point game. You, you know, you know what I mean? Like, if he was slow – like, usually you can't fix slow unless they can lose weight, right? Um, you can't fix, like, if he doesn't have a ton of lateral quickness, which is some criticism of Justin Lewis. Maybe you can fix that a little bit. But, like, I just think Justin Lewis needs a situation, like, let's say in Orlando, right, where he can play 15 minutes, but you're not putting him on – he's not going to probably be in a playoff game, maybe a play-in game. But it's not like you're going to say, all right, Justin, we need 15 or 20 out of you in a playoff game. Now, I will say the pedigree of Marquette athletes has been extensive, and they have really developed. And guys with who've been under shock of smart tutelage have been really great, too. There are a host of names of guys that Shaka has you know, worked with and, and really become good in the NBA. So there's a part yeah. of that as well um, to think about. Oh, well, yeah, and you had the – as you alluded to there, I mean, you have the Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler guys in recent memories who are recent memory, who are, you know, six, seven, six, eight forwards. Now they're pretty much different players. And I think Jimmy Butler has turned into be, you know, much better than I think anyone thought coming into the, you know, coming into the league, whatever that might be or or why ever that might be, I'm not sure, but um, you know, Crowder's kind of that, you know, maybe Justin Lewis could be a Jay Crowder, right? I mean, yeah, um, I think you. I think you'd take that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he could be a. You could make an argument that if you're like wanting to compare him to a Marquette player, he probably that ceiling is, is a more athletic Jay Crowder, and maybe less dramatic, uh, as well. So, hopefully, you know, yeah, hopefully. Uh, I love Jay, but God damn, I will say I, I tweeted it out on Sunday that I really like. It's hard for me to cheer for Jimmy kind of like some Marquette guys do who don't really have like NBA allegiance, but man, when he was tearing up Boston on Sunday, like I, I got a little tinker. I was just like, all right, like, this is like, this is why, I, you know, before all the buck stuff, like it's why I love Jimmy Butler and like love watching Jimmy Butler play because there's just that in him where he can take over and just make shit happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, he's, he's, way better than I ever thought he would be um, Oh no, coming in, you know, but I, you know, he was, he was more of a, more of a guard kind of, you know, a bigger guard. I think he's filled out a little bit and has probably embraced being a forward, but he's still, you know, 
um, much more impactful than Jay Crowder is, I think. Um, no doubt. Really all, all around. Um, one of the better two-way players in the league. Um, as much as I don't really care for him or the Heat, um, you know, dude works for sure. Yeah, no, no, no question about it. Uh, it's definitely, definitely the case. And yeah, Jimmy's something else. And we'll see what happens uh, with the Heat. I think they're gonna have a very interesting offseason. Um, I, I if don't... it was Herb, if it was Herb Cole still owning the team, you'd, you'd probably figure he'd figure out a way to get Johnny Davis in the first, and then Justin Lewis in the second. Yeah. Oh my God, um, Herb, Herb would definitely trade up for Johnny. Then get a pick back to make sure we get Justin Lewis in the second round. Like Herb Cole would be with Ernie Grunfeld being like, you are not letting us not get one of these guys. Like we have to sell tickets. Like this is an absolute must. Um, but I think Mandate. the books pass up Mike Finley or did, were they not able? I think Mike Finley got drafted like two spots ahead of where the Bucks picked. But you know, if the Bucks and that was 1995. You know they would have they would have taken Michael Finley. There is no no doubt in my mind. Uh, yeah, let me let me look. I'm I got it. Up. I, I got it up. Oh nope, that's the wrong draft. Great draft that I pulled up though. Uh, when the Bucks drafted so the Bucks? Uh, Sean Respert um, in two, in uh, 1995, I thought it was the 95 draft. It was 94? They took. Uh, yeah, oh, that was big. No, oh. no, you're right. Was it 95? Was it a 95 draft? Yeah, he went 21st. The Bucks had a chance, but they had the, no, the they drafted, eighth pick. They drafted Shaw. Yeah, I didn't realize Finley was the 21st pick. Jesus, I, for some reason, that's on me. I thought I thought he was a he was like a top he was a top 10 pick. Um, man, how about Kurt Thomas being a top 10 pick? That's that's bad. That is that's terrible. There's a lot of good names here. He was. He was he was uh he aged like a fine wine though like he oh, was, I know I he played, played forever in 2010 he, yeah, was, yeah he was good he, I mean the top of that draft is actually really good besides Joe Smith McDyess Stackhouse Rasheed Wallace Kevin Garnett Brian Big, Big Country, Country Reeves was a bu- was a bust but all time day party jersey David Stoudemire I mean and Joe Smith is man that t- that's a bad 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 pick when you have all those guys underneath. That that hurts. Yeah, but yeah. That's sure. that's a oh some great name. Some great oh wait wait wait, Mitch. I I knew why. I knew there was something about the '95 draft. The Bucks drafted Rashard Griffin from the University or from yeah the University of Wisconsin with the 38th pick, and instead of drafting Donnie Marshall, not Danielle Marshall. Um, after that, uh, we're pulling gonna hurt pull man. That's perfect. That's a great way to end the podcast. Rashard Griffith never even played in the NBA. No, no, he, he sure as fuck didn't, Mitch. That was a that was a Herb Cole special, man. Got to get got to get the kid from uh, Wisconsin in there. Yeah, he he never never made it, never caught on. He just played a ton of international basketball. Euroleague champ in two thousand one. In case you're wondering. Oh, he spurned the NBA for a larger contract. Reading on Wikipedia. He told the Bucks to fuck off. Unbelievable. That's incredible. Oh my God. God, we are so bad. You got to appreciate it now. That it's a good way to end the podcast. We watch Celtics Warriors tonight. Be mad the Bucks were going to be there, but at least we didn't have our second round pick saying I need more money 
and I'm going to go play in Turkey instead, 95. Yeah, that's tough, uh, tough look. Yeah, for sure. All right, my man. Well, you take care. You have a good rest of your week. Uh, hopefully, finals won't kill you. Hopefully, uh, you enjoy the Brewers. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk next week. Yep, sounds good. All right. See everybody tomorrow for the Daily Tap. We'll chat about all the fun stuff on Friday. And probably another edition of Overrated, Properly Rated, and Underrated for uh, the summertime in Milwaukee. Um, I had fun doing that last week. So we'll uh, find three topics. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that and much more on Friday's show. All right. See you guys. Take care. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.